0: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, hope you had a great weekend, it is Monday, October 30th, 2017, pretty crazy that we're already at the end of October, Halloween is tomorrow night, hope you got some fun plans, uh, maybe you had a Halloween party this weekend, did some fun things, maybe you're going out with the kids tomorrow night, maybe you're just going out to get some candy yourselves, whatever the case may be, I hope it's a good night. Uh, it's Mike Lyon, we're coming to you live with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast again, October 30th, 2017. And as we do on every Monday after a Patriots win, we break it down. We break down the game, and we're now at the the official midpoint of the season. Again, it's hard to believe that, uh, considering how fast these past couple of months seem to have gone. But here we are. The Patriots go into their bye week with a 21-13 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to do my best to say Los Angeles Chargers today rather than San Diego Chargers, but bear with me if I don't. I still haven't really grasped that yet, but <clears throat> in any event, uh, the Patriots, it's kind of hard to put a put an adjective or an, to say it was a great performance. It was not. It also wasn't a terrible performance. It was not decidedly average. It was just kind of in between. They did some things well. They did some things not so well. We'll see if we can kind of break everything down. Uh, But in any event, it's a win. Like I say, you are what your record says you are. And if you can believe this, the much-maligned 2017 New England Patriots are 6-2 at their bye week. It is tied for the best record in the AFC and is only one game behind the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC for the best record in football. Uh, The Eagles, of course, are 7-1. But... uh, you know, like I said, it's if, if you are what your record says you are, and that's what Bill Parcells made famous, obviously, the Patriots, despite their many, many struggles, quite frankly, on both sides of the football at times, they're still 6-2. and two. They're still right there. They're still winning their division, although the division is surprisingly competitive. Uh, at least one team is at this point. They're still at the top of the AFC. They're still the team to beat. In terms of going to the Super Bowl, uh, they would not have a tiebreaker right now over the Kansas City Chiefs by virtue of the Chiefs' win in Foxborough in Week 1. They have not played the Steelers, although they will later on in the season in Pittsburgh. And the Steelers look like a very good football team right now, so that will be an interesting game to say the least. But first things first, 21-13 win over the Chargers. Gets the pass to 6-2, and two, it sends the Chargers, who were on a three-game winning streak by the way, back down to 3-5. and five. And this thing seemed, quite frankly, like it was going to be a blowout. Uh, it was a close game in the first half, 7-all early on in the, uh, in the quarter. The, uh, the, 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 the Chargers got their touchdown by virtue of an 87-yard Melvin Gordon run from scrimmage. And other than that, he didn't do a whole heck of a lot yesterday. The Patriots did pretty well, all things considered on the on, on keeping Gordon out of this game. He was, you know, and he is the main offensive threat uh, for the the Chargers. I mean, they did give up an 87-yard run, so that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, he did do some things there, but the Patriots overall did fairly well against the run. They did fairly well against the pass. I mean, anytime you only give up 13 uh, to to an offense led by Phillip Rivers, and they have, you know, like I said, there are some playmakers on this offense, and anytime you only give up 13 points, to, to an offense with those types of playmakers. You're doing pretty well, and I, I did expect that the Patriots were going to score more than 21, but uh, anytime you hold a team to 13, you're obviously going to have a really good chance to win, especially at home, and that's what the Patriots did yesterday. The Chargers were down 8. It was 21 to 13 after the Patriots took over after forcing a, a, a Charger punt with about four minutes, five minutes left in the game. They went on a, a good drive to bleed most of the clock off uh, and settled for and take away all of uh, the Chargers' timeouts. They settled for a Steve Gaskowski field goal to make it 21-13. to The Chargers got the ball back with about a minute left, a little less than a minute left, I think, needing to go the length of the field, or from their own 25, I should say, for a touchdown. They were able to move the ball a little bit. They got it all the way down to the 26-yard line, if I'm not mistaken, Clocked the ball, uh, or, or yeah, spiked the ball with one second on the clock, uh, and uh, they had to, you know they had time for one more pass. It was broken up, and the Patriots actually was intercepted by Jonathan Jones, and the Patriots came away with the win. So on offense, it's it's again sometimes the most obvious thing is the right one, and, and the obvious problem for the offense yesterday was that they could not convert touchdown you know field goals into touchdowns. They had several drives to the Los Angeles side of the field and had no, uh, no no finishing effect, I guess is the best way to put it. They got one in for a touchdown on their first drive and then had to settle for field goals. They had to settle for six field goal attempts yesterday, which the Patriots almost never do, first of all, with a Tom Brady-led offense, but had to settle for six attempts yesterday. Gaskowski made four of them, missed a pair of 43-yard field goals, which is not like him at all. Uh, but uh, thankfully, the 12 points on field goals, the seven on the touchdown and the extra point, they also got a safety, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, the, the obvious problem for the offense is they can't figure out ways to get the ball in the end zone. They couldn't do it yesterday. And it's been a problem for a couple of weeks now. Uh I, I don't going all the way back even even in the Atlanta game it was a problem they had a couple of drives that that, that, that ended in field goals rather than touchdowns. Um, it's hard to kind of pinpoint one thing on this. I mean I, I you know teams I think are and, and Gronk came out and said it yesterday. Teams are very clearly keying on Gronk uh, in the red zone and near the end zone because he you know teams know that he's the Patriots' biggest weapon down there. It, it is you know the. the Not having Edelman hurts, but Edelman was never the biggest. I mean, he was never the biggest threat in the red zone. He was always a threat to kind of do a quick move uh, and get open for Brady. And and, you know, he 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 could pretty much always be trusted to make a catch. And and so not having him hurts. I don't think it cripples them in the red zone. Uh, The fact that they've really struggled in, in third and short and fourth and short situations is not helping teams have the book and, and they know the Patriots are not running the ball well on, on those downs. So the Patriots are no threat to run the ball on, on third and, and where, you, 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 where you might otherwise be able to mix in a run here or there or a draw. They, they know that, you know, teams know that the Patriots are no threat to do that at least right now. Um, that's why the bye week kind of comes at a very good time for them. They need to do something a little bit more creative down there. Uh, whether, they, I mean, whether that's getting another tight end involved, I mean, Dwayne Allen, are, are you still are you still on this team? Dwayne, he, he he came over in the off season to, to kind of at least theoretically replace Martellus Bennett, and I don't believe he has a catch on the season. So it's it's like you know you, you might be able to use a second tight end down by the goal line. I mean, just a thought. Uh, or whether it's inserting some new plays into the book, it's working on some new things. They, they need to. What I think they. I'm not worried about the offense. I've never really been worried about the offense. They're still moving the ball, and I think when when push comes to shove, the Patriots will be fine as long as Tom Brady is back there. And Brady, by the way, has not had his best season. I recognize that. Uh, he is 40, and he can. But he can still stick it in there. He can still make really good throws. He still had some very good games. He had 300 yards yesterday. By the way. In a losing effort. I mean, it, it was not his best game. He has not had a couple great games in the past few. I recognize that. I wouldn't deny it. But he's still being—he's still productive. I mean, he still threw for 300 yards yesterday. I remember that? They didn't stick the ball in the end zone a lot. But I've always said, and I'll continue to say it, uh, a quarterback's—if you measure a quarterback based upon touchdown passes, then. You're, you're, you're a fool. I mean, you're, you're, you're using the absolute wrong metric to measure a quarterback's success. Uh, Brady is still getting his teams up and down the field. He's not getting them in the end zone, which is a problem for the offense in general. Uh, but it's not necessarily a knock on him, the fact that he's not throwing a ton of quarterback or, or touchdown passes lately. I think the Patriots' offense is going to be fine. We've seen them sputter before. And you know they come in with a new wrinkle. They come in, oh, and they, they come in with, with with new packages, new stuff that defenses has ne- defenses have never seen before. And now they've got two weeks to do it before they go play the Broncos in Denver. So uh, I'm not too worried about the offense. I think they'll get the ship righted. It is a concern that they cannot stick the ball in the end zone. They definitely have to get better on third and short, uh, on, on at least making the run a, a viable option. If if not an actual call, teams have to respect it. So uh, it was not their best performance on offense yesterday, but I think they will be fine in the long run. Defensively, the team does seem to be coming together. They they do seem to be gelling. Um, You know, they did give up an 87-yard run yesterday. That's not good. That's horrible, in fact, but... That play aside, and I know it's it's difficult to kind of leave that play aside in the grand scheme of things. It was a big offensive play, uh, and, in fact, the biggest offensive play that the Chargers had yesterday. But if we leave that play aside, the defense gave up six points. So I, that's not so bad. They, they only gave up two scoring drives to the Chargers all day. Again, Philip Rivers is not the quarterback that he maybe once was, but he can still sling it. He still has weapons. And, uh, you know, they've got a running back who can hit a home run and did hit a home run, obviously, in Melvin Gordon. But they mostly kept this offense in check. And, and you know, this is going to be the recipe for the Patriots down, down, down the stretch here. They don't have a superstar defense. That's plain to see for anybody watching this team. But if they can keep the other team in check, um, <clears throat> at least over the course of the game, the offense is going to be able to score enough points, in all likelihood, to get them a win. And that has been the recipe the last several weeks. It was the recipe against against the Chargers yesterday. It was a recipe against Atlanta. You know, last week I mean they only gave up seven against against Atlanta, but uh, there were drives up and you know Matt Ryan did leave some lead some drives if you can remember uh, against the Patriots defense. It, it's going to be kind of a bend but don't break mentality with this defense, and that was a defense, by the way, that won them a Super Bowl a couple of times. Um, they had it, you know, a, a defense that's going to give up yards. They're not going to give up the big play. They did give up the big play yesterday, but only one of them, the, the long run. Um, and not having, by the way, they didn't have Malcolm Brown yesterday. They also didn't have Stephon Gilmore, but... They didn't have Malcolm Brown. This was the defense's first game without Dante Hightower, who's done for the year. Um, and I, I thought, all in all, the defense was pretty good. When, when you consider that those three guys—if you count Gilmore—were out. You know, although the defensive backfield is, is really starting to come on strong even without him, which I—I you know, don't know what that tells you. But um, with it, you know, in their first full game without Hightower and without Malcolm Brown, who may be their best defensive lineman this year. I think the defense played pretty well. I don't, I don't think you can you can really sneeze at giving up 13 points without those two guys and say anything other than good performance. And you know, again, it's there. There are big plays. Cas, you know, Cassius Marsh again. You know, he didn't set the edge on the big run, and he he has struggled with that all season long. And, and now that Hightower is out, he's he's going to be playing an awful lot more, but. You know, that, again, that's why the bye week comes at a really good time for this team. I mean, they can sit down, they they can they can really analyze things and and find ways to get better. And and you know, Belichick teams coming off the bye are not always amazing. I think they lost the game last year. Did they lose to to Seattle coming off the bye last year? I think they might have. I think the Seattle loss might have come out come after the bye. Uh, but they even had a they had a chance to win that game late. I mean, they were they had a fourth down play at the goal line that you know threw an incomplete pass, but. Uh, they generally do pretty well in these types of situations and you know they, they do need a new roadmap on defense yesterday was the first test drive and, and I thought the defense was pretty good all things considered Kyle Van Noy is becoming a really good football player at linebacker for them really really good Landon Roberts had a good game yesterday filling in uh, you know Lawrence guy is proving to be a he's proving to be a really important pickup for the Patriots this year really important uh, and they're getting, I mean, this is it's typical Patriots. They're, they're getting contributions from guys that, that, you know, you don't expect to get contributions from. Johnson, Johnson Badamosi, Jonathan Jones, Cassius Marsh, even though he's, you know, he's struggled at times, but still giving him some big plays. You know, Van Noy, uh, you know, Dietrich Wise occasionally on the other end. They're, they're getting contributions up and down the defense lately from guys that you do not expect to contribute much. And that is the sign of a good Patriots team. It's a sign of a deep Patriots team. And if they can keep building on it, they might have a defense by, like, December that could work in the playoffs for them. You've, this is the story. When you, when you talk about Patriots teams that win Super Bowls, this is the story. I mean, they've never had an outstanding defense win a Super Bowl for them. Just, it doesn't happen. Look at each of their five Super Bowl wins. None of the defenses were outstanding. The best defense was probably in 2003 when they beat Carolina in the Super Bowl. That was probably the best Patriots defense that won a Super Bowl. Uh, and even that one in the playoffs, not all that great. Not all that great. I mean, they got shredded in the Super Bowl by Carolina. Got shredded. And they played a good game. They have a holding game, as Peyton Manning calls it against the Colts in the AFC Championship game. They got shredded in the Super Bowl by Jake DeLome. A couple of big plays there. But, you know, that was probably the best defense they had. It was anything but a lockdown defense by by the time the Super Bowl came around. The other defenses, especially recently, that they've had, not all-stars. Not a, not not crazy good in terms of their ability to, to, to keep teams off the scoreboard. They bend, they don't break, they get... Contributions from, from from unlikely sources and in and, and you know plays at opportune times. You know, they're going to give up yards, they're going to give up you know big plays occasionally, 20 yard plays occasionally. You know, but they get opportune stops. You know, they get field goals, they give up field goals instead of touchdowns. You know, they, they get into situations late and And come up with a big sack to keep a game close and give Brady a chance you know it's it's they 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 do very very well with situational football and and mental toughness in new England and I think for a team that was really lacking in both of those departments earlier earlier in the season, you are seeing a Patriots team that is getting mentally tougher, especially on defense You are definitely seeing a Patriots team that is getting better in there and you know they've got eight more games to get even better than that, and this is again, this is very typically the time, November and December, when Patriots defenses start getting and Patriots teams start getting very mentally tough and completely outclassing the field in that area. So I hate to say it, if you're the rest of the NFL, but don't count out the Patriots. Don't count them out. I mean, I, I you know, you you can put them wherever you want on your on your individual power rankings. You can say they're not not—they're not as good a team as the Steelers or the Chiefs, and, and you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily argue with you. But are you taking the Patriots to lose in, in Pittsburgh in the playoffs? Are you going to take them to lose in Kansas City? Because Kansas City is not the same team that beat them in Week 1, by the way. Are you going to take them to lose that game? I wouldn't. Not right now. Not right now. I wouldn't. And who knows what happens down the stretch, right? I mean, a lot of stuff could happen. Awful lot of stuff could happen, but I think what what you're seeing is a Patriots team becoming mentally tougher, becoming better at understanding their roles and and getting put in spots that are gonna that 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 serve them the best. I think the team is starting to come together. Now they've got two weeks to really bring it together and prepare for the stretch run, and I like I. I didn't think I was going to say this a month ago, but I do like where the team is at right now. Yes, there are areas that you can get better in. No question about it. I'd rather have Julian Edelman. I'd rather have Dante Hightower. I'd rather have, you know, uh, Stefan Gilmore playing at a Pro Bowl level. But I think, there are, I think they're going to be fine. And I think they're going to be in this thing probably deep into the playoffs yet again. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the safety that the Patriots got yesterday. Almost a gift when Travis Benjamin dropped a punt, ran it backwards for some completely unknown reason, all the way back to his old goal line, got trapped there, and the Patriots made the stop on him. Uh, Good coverage, obviously. Give the Patriots coverage units credit. They got down there. They made the tackle. Uh, I don't know what Travis Benjamin was thinking going back there. Uh, it handed the Patriots two points that would become pretty darn big in the grand scheme of the game because they ended up winning by eight. I mean, even if the Chargers go down there at the end and score a touchdown, they've also got to get, you know, the extra. They've got to get two more points. Um, but again, give the Patriots credit for the coverage units. But again, again, you see another team making a huge mental mistake against playing the Patriots. It seems like it happens all the time and, and, and maybe it's just because you know I watch this team more than any other and you see it more often when, when you're watching that team versus any other team but in their efforts to kind of outsmart the Patriots and do weird stuff teams just they, they, they forget how to play football when the Patriots go against them I mean it's just the, the mental mistakes are, are are plentiful for teams playing the Patriots and, and yesterday was no exception I mean that wasn't the only bad mistake that the Chargers made against the Patriots. There were others as well. The Patriots, I mean, you know, they, they did their best to, to let the, the, the Chargers back into the game. Patriots didn't bring their A game yesterday, but they didn't need to. They didn't need to, being at home against a team that wasn't playing all that well. So another instance of a team shooting themselves in the foot against the Patriots, another instance of the Patriots capitalizing it, capitalizing on it, especially at home. on the year, folks. I don't know how you complain about that. I don't know how you complain about it. You know, yeah, you would have liked that game against Kansas City back. You certainly would have liked the game against Carolina back. But but I don't think the team that they have right now loses the Carolina game. They might still lose the Kansas City game. um, But I don't think they lose the Carolina game. uh, And especially the way Carolina's been playing lately. That, that, that game, I think, in the long run is going to be seen as an aberration rather than the rule. You know, I wouldn't want to play the Patriots right now. I know they don't look, I, I know they do not look intimidating on paper and their record doesn't say that they're a real intimidating, intimidating bunch, but I wouldn't want to play the Patriots right now. I think they're going to be fine. A couple of very quick hitters before we uh, kind of end the show for the day. Uh, the Bruins go down over the weekend in a brutal loss to the uh, Los Angeles Kings. 2-1 to one in overtime. Kings get a late goal and, and win it late. Brad Marchand with his seventh goal of the season. He's still playing. He's carrying the load offensively. Uh, a lot of talk over the weekend on Matt Bolesky not being in the lineup and, and how much longer the, the Bruins really going to carry him on, on, on their roster, especially when the young guys have really come on Uh, Danton Heinen scored two goals in a win last week, Uh, and uh, obviously he's not the only young guy uh, clamoring to kind of get a shot with this team. Uh, But the Bruins play again tonight against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. It is their only road game for a little while. Uh, They play on the road tonight in Columbus, then come back and get three more in the garden. So that's the Bruins. The, uh, The Red Sox don't have any... Interesting news—at least not yet. You will have some very big news on the Red Sox later this week when Alex Cora is officially announced as the uh, as the Red Sox manager. But an interesting kind of Red Sox-related note, and uh, only because I'm here in Philadelphia, do I'm gonna I'm gonna hear about this, and I wanted to relay it. The Philadelphia Phillies today are expected to announce that Gabe Kapler is going to be their new manager, and. Red Sox fans of the past uh, 10 or 15 years need no introduction to Gabe Kapler who was a part of their team that won in 2004 uh, he, might, he might have been on the 03 and the 05 teams as well but uh, obviously he was in right field when uh, the, the, the World Series the World Series was, was won in St. Louis in 2004 uh, Kapler a very smart guy very conscientious guy he's been in the Dodgers front office for a little while and so they can't officially name Kapler, I don't think, their, their manager until the World Series is finished either. Um, but uh, an interesting kind of tidbit for, for Red Sox fans there that Kapler is finally going to get a chance to manage in the big leagues. He was the Red Sox manager for their team in Greenville, South Carolina, I believe. I think it was the single-A team in Greenville that he managed for a little while before kind of transitioning out of that doing his own thing for a little bit and then going into a uh, front office role with the Dodgers. So, good luck to Gabe Kapler. That is the, the like I said, it hasn't officially been announced, but that is the long-standing rumor and, and, and oft-recited expectation today in Philadelphia that Gabe Kapler is going to be the guy here. So, uh, best of luck to him. It, it continues a trend that you're seeing in the big leagues right now of, of going to younger guys as managers. Uh, Kapler, Cora... Um Brad Osmus was young when he got the job in in, uh, in, in in Detroit. Dave Roberts has a chance to win a World Series over the next couple of days. AJ Hinch isn't that old either by that you know for that matter in in, in Houston. That World Series is really good, by the way. I, I know it's on really late, so it's tough to kind of to, to, to kind of watch it, but that World Series has been really, really good. Uh, they played a tremendous game last night. Houston won Game Five, 13 to 12, in the bottom of the 10th inning. After coming back a couple of times, taking the lead, the Dodgers came back, tied the score. There were rallies. Yeah, it was just a really, really good kind of a wacky game. And that's pretty much how the entire series has gone. So if you like baseball, uh, I mean, it's it's just it, it's been a really good series if you can kind of tune into it. It's on too late for me. I got to get up early in the morning with a three-year-old, but. Uh, it, it really has been some great baseball if you can watch it. So, game six and seven. Game six not till tomorrow. You'll, you'll probably be out trick or treating with uh, with your kids or you know by yourself. Like I said, uh, you won't be able to watch that. But game seven will be Wednesday night if there is a game seven. Houston can win the series. They're up three games to two. Houston can win the series behind Justin Verlander tomorrow night against uh, the Dodgers. I think Rich Hill is going to pitch for the Dodgers. Uh, Houston beat Clayton Kershaw last night uh, in order to win game five. And he wasn't a losing pitcher, but he got roughed up a little bit, (laughs) along with uh, pretty much every other pitcher that was in the game. So that's what's going on. Some quick hitters before we get you going for the rest of the day.